Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. This is the podcast about emo music, about emo life, about emo death. Politics. Emo <laughs> politics. <laughs> the politics of emo. Am I sad for my country or is my country sad for me? Damn. That is Hard hitting questions here. Yeah. This is the new debate topic um, on the Republican debate stage uh <laughs> this is an interview with best x mariel uh we get into a lot of very good topics in this the the politics thing was like part of it so like there will be a little bit of that we go in on ron DeSantis's shoes and how could you not you if you haven't seen them for a visual reference when you're listening to this look up ron DeSantis's shoes just so you see like how he is clearly like wearing heels <laughs> underneath like giant cowboy boots and he has a very floppy little front uh it'll be a good visual to look at while listening to this episode yeah it all comes it, it really elevates the listening experience oh yeah uh yeah we'll get into that in just a moment but first uh make sure you're rating our podcast five stars because for every star Ron DeSantis adds another inch and another flop of the front of his shoes <laughs> uh so Please give us five for the maximum level of floppiness. On floppiness. And then also leave a comment over on Apple Music, too. Uh, yeah, you can also comment over on our social media platforms, social media profiles. We are on Instagram at Emo Social Club. We're on Twitter and TikTok at X Emo Social Club X. And uh, with all of these episodes, you can also follow us on our YouTube channel. It's just at Emo Social Club over on YouTube. There's a video version of this podcast as well as all of our podcasts. And we have some uh, some other videos up there as well. Uh, last week, we released a video reacting to some of the worst emo yeah, music. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, well, I should say, we were watching a video by uh, by the YouTube channel Hive Mind TV, and they did a worst music bracket. And so we kind of focused it on like the emo songs that they picked of that, which of, of which there were a bunch. Yeah, there, there was a, a lot amount. on there. My, they slandered my boys. They slandered boys. Uh, <laughs> we are we want to do our own emo worst music bracket. Uh, I put some up on my Instagram the other day, but uh, we're going to actually do a video of uh, a bracket where we are <laughs> picking our least favorite, our worst emo music of all time. And uh, we need some suggestions from you. So if you go into the description of this episode or you go over to any of our social media platforms, uh, there should be a link there in our in our link tree or link in bio or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, you'll be able to find that form. Submit your worst emo songs. Yeah. we The one that was on Brian's personal, I was like literally responding to him for some of them. And I'm like, who doesn't like music? <laughs> <laughs> we got bad friends. Uh, so I know that if you're listening to this, you can also be... <laughs> Uh, a bad friend controversial yeah um also as with everything uh bad music is is relative it's all subjective so we're just it's all fun. opinionated so like we're if you goofing. get if you get angry about it that's on you yeah we're just goofing about uh so yeah go over there check that out check out our youtube channel with all the videos and all the content and all the stuff so uh you can you can see more of our faces and you can listen to more of our voices yeah. And uh, yeah, well, let's go ahead and get into it. This is our interview with Best X, Mariel. Uh, let's go. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live-ish from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with Best X. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself to to all the lovely people out there? And uh, oh, me? Yeah. I mean, my project is called Best X. My real name is Marielle Loveland. I um, write songs that are pretty emo. Uh, I am a recovering emo kid um, who is not really recovering that well. <laughs> oh my God, Brian, it's so Joe. Oh no, <laughs> we'll try it again. We could try it again. It's okay, we're, we have the audio recording. It's just more, he's not the video. Yeah, it's. Oh. I have to hit record on three different things and I can't. Oh, that's really confusing. Yeah. But you're recovering emo kid, but failing at it is what we're, we're getting at here. <laughs> Pretty much. I just never grew out of that phase. And um, I thought maybe I oh, come on. I knew I never would. <laughs> <laughs> Does, uh, you know, it's all coming back around now and it's all nostalgia and it's all the kids who grew up that way. And then like we all grew up and then we just said, Oh wait, there's a, there's a moment for me right now. I can just do this forever and I never have to actually stop it. Where like the, the whole, like it's just a phase mom thing. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, but also like not if I don't, no, it doesn't have to be if I can. Just okay. But the it. hair that, some of us had mm -hmm. the hair that I tried to have, but my mom wouldn't let me. Thank God she had the sense not to. Sure. That definitely was a phase. <laughs> but I would have been here with like, I would have been in, in my high school homeroom with like the, what are the raccoon tails? Yeah. Yes. And like the, the spiky layers yep. with like the bad extensions. I mean, I still have bad extensions now, but I'm trying to make, make them look good. Not like purposely bad. Sure. Well, that, that's coming back when I'm in, um, I'm in like a, when we were young Facebook group for the festival and there was people leading Love up it. to it. They were like, look, I got extensions put in and it's literally the raccoon tails. And it's like in their oh, hair, no. like not for just the weekend, but like they got it professionally no. dyed cut and insult and no. i'm like girl I'm do you know so how expensive happy. that is i know yeah i was like that's not you could cheap. do that for free but yeah. that's how the look is so bad because we were all doing it to ourselves <laughs> we free. were going to hot topic and a little tease bros have no idea what we're doing and just hoping for the best yeah. and we spent like what ten dollars <laughs> you just look at somebody yeah. else's photo on myspace and you're like i can do that and then no you can't because you're you can't <laughs> <laughs> that's so Oh man, I just, I, that is, that should stay there. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> I saw memory. it and I was like thinking to myself, my like, girl, stay psych right now. Stay psych right now. And she did not I mean, say Go up there and say roar. I mean, <laughs> that's like the, that's right like now. the, the language. The language of the, of the, of the people, of the scene of the kids. It's like any, it's like any yearbook though. Like there's always a fashion, there's always a hairstyle, haircut, and like the way you look, and then you look back at it and you go, oh my God, can you believe we wore that? And it's like, yeah, because at the time, like if I ever met a girl who had hair like that, I'd be like, now hold on, like she's kind of I cute. gotta say like, though, when you look back at like 80s yearbooks, you'll see, yeah, like some funny teasing or whatever. You look back at 90s yearbooks, you'll get all of those like, um, like pixie kind of almost mm -hmm. mullet, like shortcuts on girls, which are super trendy now. That emo thing was, ne it wasn't good then. <laughs> and it definitely isn't good now. Sure, the swoopy bangs, that's something sure. that we can all look back on and be like, you know what? Actually, it was kind of cute. Yeah. Even though it's not in style anymore, but the the, yeah. the, the rat the, the rat tails yeah. no no rat tails were never good. <laughs> I just don't. 
I don't think so. <laughs> I, if somebody rolled up to me right now in like 2023, if that in if that girl in that Facebook group rolled up to me in person and was like dead ass, like this is my hair, it's attached. I spent like seven hundred dollars. I'd be like, I never want you to speak or look at me ever again. <laughs> but what's so interesting to me is like the people who listen to that music would it's not the kind of music that's at when we were young when we were young is fantastic like uh it's my dream to play that festival mm -hmm. but the kind of music of the girl with the raccoon tails was like weird niche local screamo bands mm -hmm. yeah like that's what it was it wasn't like dashboard confessional right. one of the greatest bands on the planet <laughs> it was always like Alasana and like it attack attack. At least for like my friends who had that attack attack. My friends who had that, they were like unapologetically into broken side. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, broken <laughs> side. Broken side, yes, broken side. Yes. I don't really. Okay, so I gotta be honest. I don't think I've ever listened to broken side. So God, I don't you're know so lucky. If, if it's good or bad. You're so lucky. You've never heard. Okay. But I think of like blood on the dance floor. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you. If you listen to music now, like hyper pop now, or like there's just so much more music available to people now that you can just do whatever you want. Like I get some of the worst shit like promoted to me on like Instagram reels or TikTok or whatever. And it's like, you can just make whatever now. And there's like a certain contingent of it that is like, this is what Broken Side was doing like 10, but 15 years ago. Good is the but thing. it's like, it's. It influenced so many people, clearly, <laughs> that it, like, is... I think like, that is... stuff did influence stuff that is good. Like, what is it? Like, 100 gex, 1,000 yes. gex? Yeah, 100 yes. gex. They're, they're really cool. Um, yeah, I'm, like, number blind, so yeah, I can't remember any fine. number. They're, you're you're <laughs> right. You're right no matter which number you said. Yeah, there. any of those, honestly. <laughs> um, but there are, like, really cool hyperpop acts that are, like... It, you know what it's refreshing because like i listen to it and i'm like this is like what it should have been this mm -hmm. is like it's like redoing history the right way yes it is not blood on the dance <laughs> yeah <laughs> correct uh well let's talk a little bit about your music yeah you just said we're so bad at that <laughs> it's not blood on the dance floor but it is bedroom pop and with a smile came out last month and that was like your most recent album that you dropped after dropping your previous album during the pandemic. So how was this like producing this and getting this all together to get it released compared to your previous album? I mean, it was kind of the same process, but like the feelings behind it were different because this was like my first um, solo full length. Um, and with an EP, I feel like I don't really think as much about like maybe overall themes and stuff. Like I kind of just like, I want to make this song. I'll make this song. I want to make that song. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I have like five songs. I'll put it out or whatever. Um, but this felt a lot more intentional. Um, when I first started, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be making an album or if I was going to be making really anything but like a single. And then pretty shortly after Iodine Records reached out to me, uh, shortly after I recorded like the first song that's like on it. And um, they were like, do you want to make an album? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. So that kind of like pushed me in the direction of making this album. And I'm just so blessed that they like gave me this opportunity because it's been so long. And like, I, you know, I have a success record with Candy Hearts, but I don't have anything 
really to show for just myself. Yeah, I definitely remember actually finding you like when I was an undergrad in college radio for Candy Hearts. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is the stuff that I really like and I'm really into. And then you kind of pivoted and I still really, really liked it. So what kind of caused you to do that pivot? Was it just like, you know, you were just like, I'm, I'm done with this, like emo pop punk kind of stuff? Or were, is there anything that kind of like helped you shift it into getting more into that genre? It was a slow shift. It was like a lot of different things. Um, definitely, I felt like I was kind of growing. And like my favorite music in high school was really more like I was obsessed with Saddle Creek Records. I loved things like Bright Eyes, Rilo Kiley, stuff like that. And I always wanted to make music that was really so heavily influenced in that. Like I wanted to make music that sounded like my favorite records. And, you know, I loved pop punk in middle school and... I feel like when I started Candy Hearts, I was like going for more of an indie vibe. And then one day I'm like, you know what? I want to write all these punk songs because I'm like really vibing on like the thermals and like, um, you know, old Blink-182 or whatever. And then people just liked it. So I like ran with it without even thinking. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm so bad at speaking. Um, <laughs> So I ran with that without thinking. And, you know, after years doing that, I was kind of like, oh, I want to make something kind of different. And at the same time that I started feeling that way, I just started being a bit broken down by like the misogyny in the pop punk industry. Like when I first got into that kind of music, it was really like people who were struggling to fit in, people who felt too sensitive and too artistic and too nerdy and too rejected by like the popular kids in school, by the mainstream, by those things, which is something I really identified with. But the pop punk scene of 2020, 2020 <laughs> was largely um, like the jocks that would mm -hmm. stuff people like me into lockers. I mean, no one ever did that. I kind of did that to them. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, figuratively, if I was someone else like me, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of people, those kind of people who like, I guess it makes sense because if you look at the old pop punk records, it's all about hating your girlfriend, but it doesn't seem like it's coming from a place of misogyny to me in most of those cases. It seems like it's coming from a place of like, this relationship didn't work out and I'm really hurt. Whereas when I was touring, it seems so much came from the place of like, we don't value women. They are here to serve us and we don't care what they have to say. And I had so many experiences on tour that were just so from microaggressions to like real aggressions to like dudes in bands, just like grabbing my boob as a joke or grabbing my butt and thinking it's funny and me not being able to say anything because I have to have these men like me and want to be my friend for them to take me on tour, um, which in the end, most people didn't want to retain any sort of connection with me when they went home to their wives because they didn't view me as a peer. And that was something that I was just not willing to live with in like silence anymore. And I wanted to find a space that had more women in it and was more friendly to people like me. I think that's been the biggest thing that I've seen. I started working in the music industry with a lot more like indie rock and indie pop. And over the years, I've obviously hear like an emo and pop punk. And I see like the stark contrast of like diversity with that across the board, especially with women and just non-men in general. And I think also to the point where 
when you were touring as Candy Hearts, that was what I like to call the bro core years where you had all these more like jock centric bands kind of come out. And I personally, like, I never got into them. I have a lot of friends who are still really into it now because these are bands who are obviously still active and touring. But it always set me off, like, strangely because I'm like, these guys would actively, like, would want to bully us. Why are we getting the attention <laughs> with It was so weird. It? Yeah. It was so weird because I started in the very, like, DIY punk scene of, like, making my own albums, playing house shows, um things like uh like the scene was like people who would go to like fest in Gainesville and those people largely don't have a tolerance for that kind of thing and they're very accepting but the minute that I started getting success and doing things that were more mainstream like warp tour like um like the glamour kills tour mm -hmm. like those things that would be sponsored by zoomies or whatever like that festival I played that was like at six flags theme park like when I got yeah. into that world it was just unbelievably misogynistic <laughs> in a way that I was just like, it was just shocking. I, I don't know. Like, cause I, I, I mean, I was just such an emo kid in high school that like was definitely, well, emo was getting really popular when I was in high school. So I wasn't pushing the lockers. I was more the guy who's just like, no, I'm too cool to push in locker. I listened to the used, uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> but and then, and then, like, Fall Out Boy took off, and then everybody in my high school was like, oh, my God, you listen to Fall Out Boy? Like, you're so cool. I'm like, I hate Fall Out Boy. I'm too cool Oh, my for God, that. we would have been, like, best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sassy about it at the time because, like, I just, I don't know. I was like, I was like it's got to be heavier, and it's got to have, like, that, I don't know, that one vibe to it, the, the like, screamo and the, the post-hardcore sort of feeling to it. So I I found it very strange when I then, like, would hear a lot of this because I felt like, like, some of these dudes are like very effeminate. Like you shouldn't be misogynistic. Like that's why we're all here. We are weird and gender is a construct and all this shit is, is so like it, it, we're smoothing it out. We're not trying to find all the little gaps between us. And like, yeah, I don't know what that, I don't know why that changed, but I, um, I'm almost very disappointed to hear it. Cause I was like, that just, it just sucks because you're like I love it was these like bands. The resurgence. It yeah. was like the the it was like the jocks who like ten years later discovered newfound glory and started yeah. a band. Yeah. Who were like the worst people, <laughs> and enabled by everyone around them. Yeah, it's like I would say. Well, it came from the influence of a newfound glory. Not that I mean I, I don't I don't know newfound glory. I'm not putting anything on them, and I'm not <laughs> removing them from any any implications. Allegedly, all these allegedly, bands have started from newfound glory. <laughs> uh, allegedly, but it just feels like yeah, you're right. There was like a lot of bands that came out after that just sort of like never had to go through the same shit, but could pick up a guitar because it was already made cool by bands like newfound glory or Blink One Eighty Two and. It's like, oh, the guitar is cool now. And it's like, no, fuck you. It's supposed to be for, for the nerds and the weirdos. And you're, stop taking yeah, my cool I, thing. When I was in high school, I didn't even have, I had like one friend who liked alternative music. There was no, I didn't know anybody else who was into that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was always like, I, I feel like I went to a weird high school because there was no like real clicky sort of attitude to everything. It was very like, I would go to football games and the football players would come to like theater and choir productions that I was in. 
That's I, weird. I was saying, like, everybody was, it was just very, like, intermingling. Like, High School Musical? I, I, yeah, I was about to say, were you, like, were you trying Are you to be Troy like, Bolton? Apparently. I don't, don't, don't give him the Troy Bolton. Give He's me not the Troy, Troy Bolton. No, don't give him the give Troy Bolton. I, I just found He's it very. He's more like Chad. Okay, first of all. <laughs> Just the phrase feels offensive. You know what? That is Corbin Blue, all right? All right. You should feel honored by that. All right. That is an honor, to be honest. He was always a cool one. I'll take a compliment. I just. I met him once. His name wasn't Chad. I'd feel better. What? Were you going to see a high school I heard he's so chill. I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of that, like, sort of. Yeah, everybody was just, like, kind of on the same level. And so I always feel like this experience that every. Like, I'd go to see a movie and they'd be like, oh, you know, being bullied and the nerds and all this. I'm like, that's just not my experience. And I'm like, am oh I missing gosh. out on this like good time? Like, should I, would I have made better art if I was more fucking bullied in high school? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Sometimes you get, it's the trauma that fuels it. I, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my high school was literally like Mean Girls. Like it was just that is this is exactly the truth. Like I, my husband is foreign, and he always, you know, assumed that like you know the, the portraits of American high school on television, like what you're talking about, like the like oh well, I'm gonna three way call your yes. boyfriend and get you to say <laughs> something embarrassing or the guy you like. Um, like they assumed that that's not real, and I'm like no, that's. That's people exactly, will do that, yeah. Exactly. It's stories. the one thing in rom coms that is real. <laughs> I will tell you, me and my friends, when we were in middle school, we definitely oh did God. that. <laughs> oh, definitely someone did that to me. And then I did stuff them in a locker. Yeah. But that's a consequence of their actions. I feel like Yeah. Not unprovoked. <laughs> yeah, I see, like... and if you've been in the locker, well, guess you're going in. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're finding out that of the three of us, I'm the only one who wasn't a bully. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to be people yeah. bullies are made they don't just come out yeah. that way there's a reasons why people like have to become bullies Apparently. but that's why we say nowadays sometimes bullying okay like i just you know everyone's like oh i'm coming to the the, the play this this friday night and it's like you sure granted and when my high school i was in like the weird alt kids who like didn't always know how to talk to people or have that many friends we didn't we absolutely made fun of the theater kids of course. Oh, everyone made fun of the theater kids. Yeah, we kids. were like, there don't talk to me. There was one person who didn't make fun of the theater kids. I was in poetry club, the most punchable thing you could do in high school, and we still made fun of the theater kids. Yeah, I was in, like, the journalism and film club, and we were like, yeah, these these theater kids? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> theater I kid Brian it. over here. I absolutely get it, understand, and agree. <laughs> uh I mean, I, I did all of the things you're describing, too, because I also did, like, a poetry and speech team, and I also did journalism and broadcasting in high school, so maybe <laughs> I was busy. just, I, apparently, it was like, it was like once a, you know, semester, there'd be, like, a class you could take, and then it's like, okay, well. I honestly don't know, like, how I was bullied, not bullied more, because I was on marching band. Yeah. And I was, and I played mellophone, which is, like, not even what? a real thing. I mean, it, I guess it is, but, you know, it feels like it should be fake. Yeah. And and I was the president of Poetry Club, which by all means should have no president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you presiding over? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, do you, do you assign people like poetry to read and like recite? I don't even remember what was the responsibility. <laughs> like, I, I think I just 
was the deciding say on like which poems were going in like the 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 chat book we made. Hmm. If, you, if there was like a disagreement, I was the deciding. You were like, but no, really, the teacher was the deciding. Really, so yeah. it, I did, I had no power. The it was the illusion advisor. of power. Yeah, you were like, hey, this poem sucks, but I guess we'll let the teacher really decide. Yeah. But I mean, put it on your college app, you know, like <laughs> I president did. poetry. Exactly. See? I got into I got into a very prestigious poetry program. All I'm oh, saying. It's definitely worth the investment. Of college. It looks very good Poets on make a resume. So much money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's music is just poetry with music behind it. And here it. we it's are. Fine. You, you being know, a musician, it, it all came back around. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I mean, I also studied songwriting yeah, in college. Exactly. So yeah. I got two, a degree and a minor, and two things that are real big money makers. <laughs> there you go. I was definitely planning to be a very rich adult. Yes. Well, look, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also went to college for theater. I don't like talking about this at all, but because <laughs> now you're like, yeah, we beat up the theater kids. It's like, cool. I did that for a long time. Well, not in college. In college, they were like real actors by then. Okay. They I will say like, the, the ones that no. my school were not, they were like, I'm a Disney adult. So they would pretend okay. to be Disney oh princesses God. on campus. And oh, I'm like, really? hey, I Those really need kids. you to go back to the theater building and stay there. <laughs> My school had like I think um, uh, Zoe Kravitz went there oh. for a oh, bit. Yeah. Frankie Muniz went there. So like the theater kids, it was. Oh yeah, you. Not... Had, I'm, I'm talking about a D three school. So like yeah. we're not we're, we're not fueling. We did the not. Mind. We did not have poetry president on our college applications to get in anywhere prestigious enough. Should <laughs> <laughs> should have been the, become the president of some other small uh, small extracurriculars in high school so that I could have been <laughs> so I could have gone to class with Frankie Muniz. Just like a very niche, just find a very niche club. It it worked for a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is what happens. We start talking about music, and I was like trying to be like, well, poetry and then music and all that. And then I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same thing, I guess. It's it's emotions. It's thought provoking. It's it's uh, trying to express a, a, a an abstract idea through the art of word. A lot of people with questionable hair choices. It's I mean, exactly. It all really comes Including back around. Myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but along with your uh, album that dropped last month, you also dropped the single "The End," and I was really withholding myself from doing a transition with that. So you're welcome, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Radio Radio Club <laughs> President of Radio Club Transitions. Um, you mean I? She's got it. it. She's slaying. She's on it. I was the top of my class. Oh, what do you okay. mean? <laughs> I was the top of those three. <laughs> But you had this single kind of come out, and compared to other singles, how was this? And how, and like the the reasoning behind it was also a little bit more politically fueled, which I think is a lot different than we see with even some of like the adjacent and like the pop punk or even like any alternative music that's come out recently, where people aren't being as like like provoked in politics within the songwriting and lyricism but more just like they're doing it you know in their own accord like offline in a way yeah I think for me like the um the last full-length album people got from me was all the ways you let me down from candy hearts which was uh the year before Trump got elected and I think that my entire life after Trump got elected has solely revolved 
around advocating against um, really reductive, harmful, conservative policies and Looney Tunes politicians <laughs> who should not by any means hold power. And it was only a matter of time before it like seeped into my writing because it is such a large part of my life. Like if you look on any, um, any of my social media, you'll probably see me saying unhinged things to people who absolutely deserve to hear them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Sure. And it's probably terrible PR to constantly be yelling at vaccine deniers on the internet. But I feel like I that's digress. great for yeah, your brand. No, I stand by it. Like, I would I be really stoked <laughs> that my, the artists that I listen to are for vaccines and, like, education. <laughs> and I not know. insane I just, things. I get so mad. I just can't. I see a comment that is so asinine by someone named like Trump babe 18.95678 with a million numbers. And I'm like, I need to tell this person what the fuck is up. <laughs> and I just cannot hold back. Um, and they never have a profile photo or it's some like middle aged like bl woman with like my uh, untoned blonde hair. My same. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to the salon just like with like a smile that's filled with hatred. Mm -hmm. um, but don't worry, their hair is fried though. Like it looks like it's about to fall off and your hair does not look like that. <laughs> well, it does when I don't do it, it's fine. I mean, it happens <laughs> to those of us with dark hair who diet. Um, and you know, when I'm middle-aged, I will probably look just like them, but I won't be using my Karen powers for evil. Right. I'll be using them to do exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, Positivity. <laughs> But yeah, it was only a matter of time. I can't keep my mouth shut. And that song, just, I was so fed up with it. And like a lot of the music I'm working on now is not really music about love. It's about about the state of the world. And I feel like so much of that album is about kind of the state of the world and my personal feelings on it, even if it doesn't necessarily come across in the lyrics like if you look at um the song stay with me it's about like struggles with mental health and a lot of that has to do with like um it being exacerbated by the hopelessness that i feel when i watch ron fucking desantis <laughs> with his shoe lifts <laughs> trying shoes. to tell trying to tell the world that men should not be allowed to wear heels, even though, you know, trans women are women. They're not men. It is mind blowing that this man walks around with the floppiest ass front of his shoes. So clearly, <laughs> so clearly wearing boots that he should never be wearing. The man does not look like he should wear fucking cowboy boots that are very clearly hiding the fact that he is five, eight and like, and like a, a man who really cares about, being a man and being so masculine and all this, it's like you're you're lying about your height and you're complaining about gender and 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 bathroom bills and all this shit. It's like, dude, he is such a coward. Oh yeah, in every yeah. sense, he's afraid he's... to not look like a manly man to the yes. point that he needs to gender affirm himself yes. by wearing shoeless. Exactly, but other people who want to gender affirm cannot. He is adjusting his gender identity in public for his audience and that is ridiculous because he's so fucking against it in all of his policies and all of his other bullshit. I have been making fun of him for these shoe lifts to everybody that I possibly can every time <laughs> it comes across like 
like any anything I'm looking at. I'm like, nope. I'm. I just need you to see this. This is the man. This is your guy. This is your. This is your. <laughs> this is this is your king. This is your Florida. Like, <laughs> no, no. And the like, shoe lips are just. It's too. That's the final straw. I know. I really hate <laughs> that it's like it's all optics. Like I don't. I don't really want to have like an optics discussion about Ron DeSantis when he's done so much awful shit and ruined Florida and made. I. I also don't believe that we should just. Uh, give all of these beautiful places in the United States over to the worst fucking people, and I'm like, we gotta fucking like just show up in Florida one day. We're taking we're t- we're taking Florida back. We're taking Fort Lauderdale, baby. Florida, the home of like Florida was always like the best place to like play pop punk shows. Like a mm-hmm. huge like a huge vibe for pop punk. And last time I went there, uh, I went last year to play fest, and my grandma lives there, so I mm-hmm. gotta visit her. Um, and the vibes were so off. I mean, not at Fest itself among the people who go to Fest. Right. The vibes don't miss there. But outside of it, literally like a Proud, Boy, Proud Boys showed up to the venue that I had played at. I wasn't there because I would have loved to see it. That would have been hilarious. And they yeah. got their ass beat. Of course they Good, did. as they should. Yeah. They're like, oh, you thought you could roll up? This is the day that you can't do that here. <laughs> There's so many uh, keyboard warriors who are like, I'm I'm unaware of how the real world operates. Where if I say some dumb shit, I'm getting my ass kicked in public. Which I don't know. I guess I'm not so against nonviolence in in certain aspects of like racism. I'm and, definitely and against nonviolence, except if someone is trying to be violent towards yes, you first, which yes. those people were. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if you punch someone, I think they're allowed to punch back. Yeah, Yeah, that's a consequence. I remember talking about that with one of my department heads, and he's very big. I was going to fight my department head so fucking fast. No, he's like a big leftist, (laughs) and it's fine. I was going to kick the shit. I got a B. I'm going to kick the shit out of him. No, no, this was on my my department head when I've been teaching at college, at least. I was able to have like a normal conversation. (laughs) And I was talking about it, and I was like, and the conversation came up. Because he used to be in, like, these OG, like, uh, DC hardcore punk bands, like, the 80s. So we would talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, like, this whole discourse is going on right now about punching Nazis. Are they inherently, like, they're visible, which means they're violent, that you can punch them? Or do you wait until they inflict some type of actionable, like, actual actionable violence instead of their just presence being there? And he was like, I would never punch them unless they did something to me. And I thought that was such like an interesting thing because I was, you know, there's so many other like optics to that because I personally see them just being there as an actionable problem. Correct. I think that they're, you know, they're people who their existence is violence. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can raise a hand to someone who doesn't raise it to you first. Like legal- unless they're threatening you. Yeah, yeah le- legally, if we're going by like police standards, Are yeah, we? I do <laughs> think it's I a just don't, I don't know. But I just don't think it's right to like hit hit people, even if they're Nazis. Um, I think yelling at them and publicly embarrassing them is probably the the better way to go. It's also a safer option depending on who you are in those situations sure. as well. Yeah. Let all these bro core motherfuckers start the start the fight. Let's if see they if have the bro core motherfuckers yeah. could actually come yeah. actually two step their way up and <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean just ostracize them from society. It's really yes. not that hard. It's super easy. <laughs> Honestly. 
Wow, I love that our camera. Yeah, I don't just... know why our camera died. What Hold happened on. to your camera? Oh no! One second, it let me fix no that. It says no signal. It hates us. <laughs> we'll see what happened here. I feel like uh, these things happen. Oh. We did have a couple weeks ago where we did have um, our camera just like didn't want to work with any cords that we had. And we were like, hey, <laughs> oh my God, that really sucks. OK, it's just a dead battery pack, at least. All right. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, easy, easy save. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good thing we're not live live. No, exactly. Yeah, we when we were doing this live live on, on our Twitch, since we switched over to Riverside, it's been a little bit harder to do um, because everything just like crashes. So we have stopped doing that for that reason specifically. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we've had that happen while on live too. And it's just a clusterfuck. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. I'm just on TikTok, you know, just looking at all the insane TikToks that are there. Are you, how many TikTok shops have you gotten in the last <laughs> one minute? Oh my God. Like, Man, and I always want to buy stuff from it, too. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Like, all my money needs to go towards our live shows coming up. I cannot be buying knockoff Uggs on TikTok shop. Not the knockoff Uggs. <laughs> the knockoff Uggs are really getting me. <laughs> they get you sometimes. I saw some, like, knockoff, um, like, just different, like, hair stuff. And I'm like, maybe because it's not an arm and a leg. But also, I don't want my hair to fall out. And those people with that, like, snail paste that they put on their face, I'm like, damn, do I need that? Yeah, it's, it's they're like, <laughs> I'm slugging. And I'm like, what does that okay, mean? I, I know. Brian, do you want to try slugging for science? We're coming up with too many adjectives. <laughs> uh, I think we have too many descriptive words and, and phrases uh, out there now. And so I don't think slugging needs to be one of them. I do think we could use much less. Yeah. I was told I was sea lioning a conversation. And I'm like, that's not, I don't know what that is. What does that it's mean? Not a real, I have no idea. I still don't know what I've it means. I've never even um, heard that either. So if somebody knows that, I think it's not good. I think it's definitely not good. I mean, I think that's crazy though, because sea lions are, are pretty cute. And I thought that they're usually a joy to have around. Maybe what that's what they were saying. I hope that that's what they were saying. That's the only they thing I can think of. They definitely were not. Damn. They definitely were not. They said, you're sea lioning, parentheses, derogatory. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be like, do you mean sidelining? That'd be the only other thing. I would wow. just be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sidelining would make sense. That would make a lot more sense. Be I rude, have been known to talk sense. over people, so mm. I respect that criticism. <laughs> I found, I mean, we do a, a podcast and we have delays on Zoom and, and shit like that. It's like, you know what? We're doing our best. We're all getting the information out there and we're all just having fun and enjoying each other's company. Just, just. You know, be chill. It's fine. It's human. It's human nature. It's human beings. You know, if you're if you're having a good time and you're hanging out with as a as a pot of sea lions, you know, just let it all let it all be fun. Hell yeah, that like big cuddle puddle on the dock. Exactly. That, yeah, maybe that's what they were saying. I, I, I'm I making know, assumptions. Maybe. I'm thinking about sea lion <laughs> characteristics, and I'm like, 
Yeah, they just hang I out. I just don't the see dock. a negative of being a sea lion. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was someone on social media who hated me for like calling out conservatives or whatever. Okay. So I think it meant something, but I just don't know. Maybe Ron DeSantis knows. I don't. It's probably know. one we of had their many sea lions here in Florida, and <laughs> it's probably we don't one like of their them. weird like this is my take back <laughs> phrase, and then it's like, hey homie, no, like I don't. <laughs> you're fucking weird. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sea lions are part of the radical left here in Florida. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> they would be because they, they really yeah. care about global warming. Yes, it directly affects them. <laughs> directly affects them. I think we're so really badly. I think we're really distilling down here what it means, and I think we need to take back the term sea lions. We're taking sea back sea lions. lions. <laughs> we're, ta- we're taking them back, like from the ocean to other bodies of water. Um, I did. I did want to add too, like. I I think that I think that it has been strange that a lot of people in the punk rock industry are uh, not very excited or willing to speak out on a lot of things that are affecting a lot of people in their community uh, or ostracizing people in the community that are advocating for things that are not <laughs> for the people in the community. Uh, but I'm glad that like people are speaking out because it reminds me of. Uh, it reminds I cannot say this phrase normally. It reminds me of 9/11. Oh my god. And because like the the You're my talking camp, about the, the rock against bush era? Yeah, the rock against bush era and like the emo era that like popped out of like just experiencing this like world changing thing and then being like so I just have to, I'm supposed to just be okay and like not say anything about it and just accept like what's yeah. happening in the world. And I think that a lot of emo and punk and pop punk in like that era in like the early 2000s came out of just that like disillusionment and and fear and and our parents just like not really knowing what to do either. And it's like, cool, let's make music about it. And let's try to find like some art and build communities around like that art and that support structure. And I, th- I think it's still like happening now just in another way. Uh, like you mentioned, like post Trump election, it's like. There's a lot of people who are still like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I can't necessarily change my environment, but I do need some community and some support and some direction here. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I totally agree with you. Like, that, I think it's really important. And I think people don't want to do it because it's just, like, about what sells or they're just uninterested. Because I got to be honest, like, the majority of the men in the pop punk scene, the policies that we are advocating against the policies that like limit worker protections for people of color, limit access to medical care for trans and like queer people, limit like um, bodily, the right to bodily autonomy for women, it won't ever affect them. Right. So they just don't really give a shit. And I mean, it sucks that it had to be kind of scary stuff for me to get involved, but I was so young, like the first time, the 9-11 stuff, and that was really scary to me being someone who lived so close to New York and who could see um, the tower burning from like the skyline at, you know, in my town. And um, I think I just didn't understand the political like implications of it because I was like a really young child so I never like really paid too much attention to like the rock against Bush stuff. I was just like, oh, we don't like, you know, conservatives. And I wasn't really sure why. And now I'm like, wow, how did I not know why for real? <laughs> like I should have. So I'm hoping that what I do can can reach a child who's like, 
okay, start the path. To be like, okay, we hate conservatives. Why? I don't know, but I know we hate them. Yeah. And then hopefully they will become more involved. Yeah, there's been, there was actually a lot of conversation about this in like the journalism community. And it was talking about how during that like rock against Bush era and like in 9-11, where there were a lot of protests and people speaking out against like starting the war basically during that time. But we never saw it because there wasn't a lot of social media that allowed us to have that. There wasn't any type of like citizen reporting that we could take that was valid in those times because we didn't understand like how to kind of decipher that. And everything that was being broadcasted was, you know, chosen by different editorial boards. So we only saw what we wanted to see for a particular narrative. Obviously, there's other resources you can go and read, too. But at the time, it wasn't as easily accessible. And now we're seeing that with, like, Gaza and Palestine and everything that's going on now. But there is so much more visibility because we have people who are on the ground. They're citizen journalists. There's people who are citizens there who are able to try to, like, give information out in Palestine about what is happening and then there's still a lot more there is a lot more criticism in media that doesn't need to happen because of the stances that they have previously taken and what they're taking now and now they're just starting to switch up and show both sides of what's going on to try to keep that quote-unquote balance that they want to say that they have so I think it's always been there but it's like just being very present and showcasing to it but then the downside is a lot of people lack a lot of media literacy nowadays too to be able to decipher that's a like huge what problem. is yeah that's a huge problem um but i agree with you because i remember looking back like i would see tangentially on the news or whatever okay there's a war but i'd be like there's always a war i don't know anything about that and then there would be nowhere to get information about mm -hmm. that like i didn't even have access to the only things i had access to were like at the mall yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know, like, okay, so I could, like, read a magazine at the mall or at, like, Borders, but, like, what's that? It doesn't really – I would have to purposely seek it out, whereas now we're getting fed the news constantly everywhere that we are. Um, and a lot of it is really bad, uninformed news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, really bad. But hopefully, you know, I have to have faith that people will – start to learn media literacy like you know we learned in journalism programs and writing school and things like that um i would just hope that people eventually kind of learn i don't know how to get them to understand it, it's so hard because i teach college journalism and even with kids who are at a 400 level you're like let's talk about media literacy and you give them a test or like you are like okay show me what is a biased opinion from this one news source they can't pick it out I read it's something so that, like, an insane percentage of people, like, I can't remember the exact number because I'm number blind, but it was, like, more than 40% and, like, less than 75% amount of people cannot tell a fact from an opinion, mm -hmm. which is just so shocking because it's e so easy to ask yourself, like, is this something that cannot... Is there no other side to this? If there's no other possible side because that's just the way it is, then obviously it's a fact. Like, I just don't, I don't even know how to explain what it's a fact also, is, but I just know it's not that it's hard. It's also like, if you were to say like, this is a fact, and then if somebody were to say, well, that's an opinion, and you're like, okay, well, what's the opposite side of that opinion? What's the, what are we going against here? And then they say it, 
and you're like, hey, really think about what you just said. Is that really like ethical? Is that humane? That's probably not good. So we should probably look at this other thing that is a statement of fact. I had to deal with this with a, a news anchor where I was like, we were talking about climate change and we said somebody is a climate denier. And they were like, you can't say that. And I'm like, I can. The AP style book says that I can say that because oh it climate change is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, but it's like a good amount. Of, like the way that we're supposed to phrase it is people who do not believe in climate change. If you do call them climate denier, that's derogatory. And I'm like, it, it is, is what it is. But I get it. Is it is antagonistic. Yeah. I will say. I mean, they deserve to be called that, but I don't think it's going to win them over. So I think probably not the best word to use for <laughs> Right. Yeah. But there's things that are that are like that where, you know, it's, but it's crazy because there's like it's no. Like, yeah. There's no denying that the climate is changing. Sure. You can have opinions based on different facts about what you think is the cause of it. But there is no actual denial of it. Cha it is changing. Yeah. Like, go walk outside with your thermometer and look at the average temperatures between now and 10, ten like 10, 15 years ago. Like, there's, like, I mean, that's just not. Even the people who say that there's a big weather machine in the sky that none of us can see that is changing the weather. weather. It is still changing I the love, weather. I love that one. Do you know what that one reminds me of? I don't know if you ever saw this film. I'm going to guess you probably didn't. Um, but I watched it on a plane and it was sick. It was like Geostorm 2022 or something. Geostorm 2012. Yeah. What was it called? I want to like even look it uh, up. Geostorm movie. It's just called Geostorm. It's just that Geostorm. Movie they, 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 have you heard of a podcast called so uh, uh, How Did This Get Made? Oh my God, it's on there. Is they, it, does it have an episode? So yes, they do. Uh, and they like use it in like their theme song now because they are obsessed I with that movie. So that's the only way I have film. reference to this. I've seen this film twice or three times. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I am going to actually watch it after this, yep. now that I thought of it again. Um, I love that film. Just the idea <laughs> that there's like the weather in the sky with the, the satellite machines. And yeah. the, oh, my God. It's so good. I feel like you should live tweet it and just be like, hey, <laughs> hey, guys who do not believe in climate change. Have you seen this movie? Let me break I feel it down like for everyone if we in my told those people, If we told those people that this was a documentary. They believe it. They would absolutely Oh, yeah. It. There's an opportunity there to really change some hearts and minds oh with God. documentary Gerard filmmaking. Gerard Butler was in this? Oh, yeah. Why did he? Oh. Gerard Butler's in Is that. Gerard but Butler a secret climate denier? No, he's not. I haven't heard of. No, I think he's a hero. I haven't heard of anyone else in this film. Okay. But yeah. They got Gerard. Oh, That's man. all they had oh, to man. do. They said that this guy, film, he can do it. I, I just love, honestly, I really love like <laughs> bad disaster movies. Like The Happening is, I, I've actually seen The Happening 10 times. Oh my God. Oh, my That's God. way too many I, times. <laughs> I watch it like every other year. That's If not once a year. That's amazing. Like, I oh, saw it no. in theaters twice. Oh my God. I, M. Night Shyamalan is my favorite filmmaker and The Happening is absolutely one of my favorite films. So I need to derail and I need to ask you to tell me more about <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan being your favorite filmmaker. Okay, well, M. Night Shyamalan does a lot of world building. Yes. And the worlds that he creates are so meticulously crafted that I just respect it so much. And I even thought recently of like, you know, I was watching Signs and I'm like, wait, there's a plot hole here. Like, why... 
why if the air has humidity in it wouldn't these these things die but someone online had a there were explanations online for that that i cannot remember because information in my head is kind of like oh that's legitimate <laughs> sure there's like, a believe reason it, so i'll yes. forget it yeah <laughs> um but yeah i love that and i love that he creates these things that are really quite scary and oftentimes they comment loosely on um cultural things like i think the happening was just really good because it really hearkened on the idea and in most of his films i know there's supernatural supernatural elements but the scariest thing are people and the biggest enemy is always people and i think that's why i love the happening because it took the idea of the scariest thing could be your own thoughts which would be the thoughts to you know like suicide or whatever um because at that point that that was happening you wouldn't care right because theoretically you would want to do it so why is that so scary but it's just the idea of your own thoughts would be scary and then on top of it it was humans destroying the planet that were causing this. And I just loved so much about it. I like that. I think yeah. that M. Night Shyamalan's movies are getting a little bit of a, of a renaissance with like, especially signs. Um, I've been seeing more stuff in the village, which I was like, that movie was underrated. Uh, Unbreakable is still a fantastic film. Unbreakable like, was my favorite movie for yeah. so many years, but I haven't watched it since I was like nine. Yeah. Or, whenever the fuck it came out like <laughs> so i need to revisit that because i just remember watching that being like no other movie has made me feel as uncomfortable yeah as this which made me like it i don't it was like <laughs> sad that's a, another thing his movies always have these things in them that are really so sad that mm -hmm. i like can't let go of them the most recent one i watched was what was it old yeah um, and i absolutely loved that just the whole idea of like i don't i mean i don't want to spoil it for people but it's been out a long time but just like the whole aspect of the commentary on like the uh you know healthcare system the for-profit healthcare system in america i thought it was really good to just like loosely base something on that yeah. i think that's crazy too because i remember i saw a lot of reviews for those mo for that movie and at first it was really positive, and then as soon as it hit, like, the public, it was, like, a mixed review bag of being, like, this is dumb, this is stupid, this is, like, something I don't like. But then I'm, like, okay, but all these critics really liked it. So I feel like someone's Media missing literacy. something here. Yeah, I mean, the criticism I heard from, like, my husband is he's, like, oh, well, it, it was obviously about that. Like, so it was obvious. But I don't necessarily think obvious makes a movie bad for me. No like a hard film that is mostly obvious is really really good because you want something that is not so unobvious that it's like terrifying and you have to like you're like shocked and it triggers like an anxiety disorder you want something that's like thrilling but controlled um so i really liked old for that yeah, I think another movie, when it came out, I remember seeing it and I was really stoked on it because I liked the overall premise and how the movie was executed was The Purge, that series of movies. Oh, I love that. When it came out, I remember I was in a movie theater in the suburbs of Chicago 
and I was with one of my exes and we watched it. It was a full theater, so a bunch of like predominantly white male kids all sitting there. And then you get to the end. I'm like, yes, this is about like overthrowing the rich and the corporate system and the corruption and everything. They get up. They're like, I didn't like that. Like you, so many people were pissed off. And I'm like, I feel, I love the purge. I think it's great. Again, that's <laughs> another one where the scariest, the bad guy is man. Like it's yeah. just like, like I, humankind. And I, I, think, I just that's think about the main, the most effective ugh. villain. It's like thinking about like the opening plot line of this has been out for years too. So hopefully this doesn't spoil any anything, but like the father of like this lower income family has to literally like sacrifice his life to get money to basically be slaughtered for fun during the. It purge was basically by rich people. like what happened to people during the pandemic who were mm-hmm. impoverished yeah. frontline workers who were forced to just work, knowing that if they had any health problems that made them vulnerable, they were probably going to die. Or, I mean, not probably, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, there's a much higher, higher chance. chance. Yeah. I will say the one it's thing. It's not like a small chance. I will say the one thing I think The Purge needed to do, and I think oh it got God. caught up too much with, like. Lizzie's going letterboxed on the pod right now. Let, I, don't li- I don't watch a lot of movies, but I, when I do, <laughs> it's got to be worth my time. Was that they could have do- dove more in, I feel, to, like, talking about, like, more of, like, the different, like, races and how people could have had more like community and not like uprising but like trying yeah, to overtake they did, things they like did that more of that and like i feel like they did more of that in the subsequent ones i mean there's like how many of them there's so I think many there plus series. Three? i've oh, i've watched all of them i've watched all of them uh there's definitely more than three definitely more because i remember the purge election day yep yeah um that was all there only three yeah there's no, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's five. Yeah. Oh, okay. We gotta yeah. watch and the other two purges. Series. There we go, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you should take a day and watch. That would be exhausting. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I do, the whole time you were talking about M Night Shyamalan, I'm just like a Shyamalan marathon. Like that just that rhymes. Minus be good. the Avatar less Airbender movie. We, we are yeah, no, speak we don't that. speak about Avatar. Mm-hmm. We're having we a marathon. We don't speak about Avatar. We will watch I them all. I can't. <laughs> I do not never have watched Avatar the, the last airbender. to watch Avatar. Yeah. Like that <laughs> Avatar is really bad. I mean, I yeah. don't even know because I couldn't watch the whole thing. Exactly. I just watched some of it. I'm like, I can't. I can't. And I know that one had a climate thing too, right? But I'm like, I can't. This it's like, like look I'd how you've it. murdered my boy. That's literally yeah, what it was. I, <laughs> I can't with that one. <laughs> well, I find it interesting uh that we're talking about you know, art and movies and that, like commenting on these things that are happening in the world and, and, and creating art around like concerns and trying to make a statement about it. Uh, and, and, you know, we're talking to a musician who's trying to do the same thing. So I'm just trying to connect it all together in that <laughs> wow, way. I guess. You. Your transitions are getting better. Transitions. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's important for music to also take a stand on some of the stuff like that. Like if people are enjoying movies for for this type of this kind of uh, 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 outward expression of what their their, you know, their mission statement is. And we believe in climate change and we believe in the healthcare system and the for profit healthcare system and 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 all this stuff. And it's like, well, why can't a fucking punk band like just say like, nah, fuck that shit <laughs> like yeah, we need more songs like that, I think. Um where uh well well what <laughs> I was trying to make a transition. I'm not good at it. This is Lizzie's <laughs> this is Lizzie's bag. I'm not good at transitions. No, uh, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. I try. He's uh, getting better. 
I'm trying to get back on the topic of music as well and your music specifically. <laughs> and I wanted to say like, okay, so where will people be hearing your music? Where will you be touring? Where will people be able to enjoy your, your songs live? Um, well, I'm playing two shows uh, in December. Um, we're doing holiday shows in uh, New York and in Rhode Island. I can't remember the last time I was in Rhode Island. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens there. What goes down? Oh, what? actually, no. I went on vacation. I went to. I went on vacation there, like right after the pan. Right after the pandemic, and I wouldn't go in any restaurant. So this time, I hope to. Um, enjoy some of the things that <laughs> Rhode Island has to offer. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, New York is beautiful when it's dark out, less beautiful when you can see all the cracks, but it's also <laughs> the greatest city on earth. Um, like all things, it's yeah, the greatest city on earth. So I'm <laughs> happy to be playing there. Also, I live there. So <laughs> well, there <fair>. you go. <laughs> Hometown shit. Um, Hometown show. And, uh, and, and if we're, We'll just do plugs. We'll just do a quick little plugs. Where can people find out like these these dates, get the tickets and, um, and, and all that on stuff? On my Instagram, my despite living in New York, uh, I'm a Jersey girl. So my uh, <laughs> Instagram handle is bestxnj. Um because yeah, you can't take the you can't take the New Jersey out. Um, <laughs> and that's the best place to find everything because it has like a link tree. I have a website that's like the same thing, like bestxnj.com. But honestly, I made the website myself and it looks like it's from 1995 in like a not cool way. <laughs> in like a early in like a early web way. Um, I feel like that's what makes it cool though. That might make it cool. It definitely does not. Um, <laughs> but there is information on there as well. Uh, and I'm on TikTok, but you probably won't see me promoting the show on TikTok because the algorithm <laughs> is unreliable with that. <laughs> it's the worst. I hate it because I see the dumbest shit and then I'm like, oh, no one checked out my new thing or my I know, I'm, thing to me. I'm the one who's on our TikTok. main podcast TikTok and I'll be like, hey, Brian, this happened. He's like, okay, cool. And then I'll send him a TikTok. He's like, send me a reel. And I'm like, you send me a TikTok. No. You're a real user. He's a real user. Man, you're here's, like middle aged in your heart. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. <laughs> People are like, wow, a reel. So you're seeing like a TikTok that was funny two weeks ago. And my answer is, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. It's still funny. I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, you sent you sent me like a reel that was like that. The stuff is filtered through and put on reels. Thank you. So you get you. higher quality content. But I like seeing the stuff as it happens. I like the the random drama between like one influencer who like makes disgusting looking home decor that people for some reason think is appropriate to put in their houses claiming someone ripped her off yes. who also made the same bad idea and I'm like I don't know who any of these people are and also everything in their home is ugly not that you know my home is anything to uh write home about <laughs> <laughs> but oh man that drama yeah, there, there's a lot of drama that get that you get on like each side of TikTok if you go deep enough and you're like, I don't even understand what this is, but I need to know more. Those people fighting about a moss covered mirror. That was honestly, wild. Honestly, I was like, wow, first of all, neither of you should have ever made this <laughs> unless it was for something outside. And you should be embarrassed 
to be taking such aggressive ownership over that idea that you have to like try to cancel someone. You should be like, you know what? I didn't think of that. That was not me. Uh, everything you just described is something I'm very happy that I don't see on reels. So I just want to, I, it sounds to me like the same idea as Twitter where like everybody is, is oh, yeah. just jumping on something. With people's faces. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, but there's more like connectivity between no, no like commentary you. of the drama no, too. You. No, no, thank it's you. insane. No, thank you. Listen, you oh, said yeah, this, this week, this week was a good one. This week was a bunch of people getting rid of the the mirrors they made during the pandemic that were like cloud mirrors that they used insulation foam to okay. just cover their mirror and it looked like you know like a, an unfinished construction pro project and they're now donating these to goodwill as if some poor person deserves that in their house I don't know a lot about home ownership, but I don't think you're supposed to put insulation just out and about because I believe Usually there's no. fiberglass and shit in that. Uh, not in the foam. I actually okay. do know a bit about Good. home stuff Please because I am a home improvement writer sometimes. Okay. Uh, to make some extra cash. Um, but the foam sprays, uh, the fumes are really bad. Okay. Um, but. There's nothing on, I don't, there's not fiberglass in the ones that they okay. are using. Like, Good, I mean, okay. yeah, there is spray foam insulation that includes things gotcha. like that. But the ones you, you buy, I don't think so. But you shouldn't be breathing that stuff in. And also it's terrible for the planet. It's just plastic that oh. will never decompose. So like the, all these people made this mirror that looked horrendous. And then a year later realized, what was I thinking? This looks horrendous. And also it turned yellow because this is insulation foam and it's not a decorative product. And now it's sitting in a landfill. I and guess then they the, yell about boomers causing climate change. hundred percent. It's like, you know, it all comes back. It's like, hey, listen, have you considered your boomer tendencies? You're not, you're no better. You're just mad at somebody else for doing something before you. But I will say. I'm definitely not be better either. Because right. like, I mean, these are vinyl records on my wall. Like it's plastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just appreciate that Reels filters a lot of that out. That's Brian, all I'm you say. send me somebody eating a raw chicken. No, I sent you another one and Come you swiped on. over. No, you you swiped over to something else on that post that I did not send you. I sent you one. You sent me one that um, I saw two weeks prior. Yes, I know. But the 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 reason what I see now, like I started following this guy who kind of collects a lot of like social media trends and all that, and then does like a Patreon where he kind of describes like patterns in social media and like how I like human, that. human beings are changing and how the psychology of like people who create this stuff. Um, and he like, he he's, he's influenced the 1975 and like influenced their like stage he show. Has? Yeah. So like this dude, like uh, uh, worked with Maddie on like creating the stage show for the 1975's like current tour and like mm -hmm. a lot of conversations about like toxic masculinity and a lot of stuff, like finding that sort of thing on TikTok and, and, and then, contextualizing it and creating his own thing around it. So I just see like the absolute batshit thing. And then I go, okay, Lizzie, you got to see this. And <laughs> the one I sent you was about, uh, Gen Z getting made fun of by Gen Alpha. Yes. Because everything that they were making fun of them for are things you say. Well, because I'm borderline. I'm I was Gen making Z. fun I'm a, of I'm you. I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was the, like, the, Lizzie, the, you the, say all these things. Wait, so, 
Wait, so what do you make fun of Gen Z for? If you're part of it, you're allowed to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Not, I'm, no, I'm, you're a regular millennial. I'm 105 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact yeah. that the next thing that I swiped over to, because I'm thinking it's like, oh, he wants me to look at the whole post, because usually when you send me unhinged shit, like, there's more that you... There's always, like, it, yeah. It's just a fun little And then dive. there's, like, just a man just eating a raw piece of chicken. I'm like, yeah. I think I can never eat chicken again. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely don't eat it that way. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, cook it, please. Uh, <laughs> please cook it. Please always cook your chicken to the correct temperature. Don't try to eat it raw. It is chicken. You will get salmonella poisoning. Wow. Well, we solved that problem here on the <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I, I just in case I want to make sure if, uh, if if you want anyone to check out anything specifically for Best X. And um, I, we're, we got on every tangent we said we were going to get yes. to. So I, I, I want to make sure it, it's happened. fun. Heather's uh, going to send me an email. It's going to send you an email. But what? Yeah. What happened here? I don't it's know. my fault because if you bring <laughs> up like I don't know M Night Shyamalan, I can't stop talking. I had to. It's game over. We had yeah. to. Politics, horror movies, like I just there's not really much else in my brain to be honest. <laughs> um, it influences the music. Everybody yeah. wants to know what is going on inside of your head when you are writing this stuff. I think it all makes sense. I think it works. It definitely makes sense. I all I want is just people to listen to my album and preferably like. Put it on a Spotify playlist or something because isn't that what the kids do these days to like there's an algorithm over there or something? Probably. I don't know about that, but it's a um, messy algorithm. And plus now you have to have over a thousand listeners to make any money on Spotify. Don't even get me started on that. Um, <laughs> we have another hour on the podcast. <laughs> don't even get me started. It's uh yeah, I mean we'll probably all make more money at the expense of creators without a marketing budget i don't know <laughs> i think that uh, daniel Eck is just a really smart guy <sighs> it's a good thing we put i really enjoyed the series though the spotify um like series on the the making of spotify yeah. that i really love that. i love those that's another thing i love uh tech founder uh like series hmm to see how like, like they the, came up and like what happened. Yeah, but like not like documentaries, like the the dramatized series, like the the WeWork one. Yeah. I, oh my god. Yeah. I we we work finally the, for the bankruptcy network. this morning. <laughs> the Social Network. I watched that again. Social With Network Justin is a movie Timberlake I watch as all the Napster time. guy. Like, yeah. oh man. Like, I love Justin Timberlake as a Napster guy. That's oh one god. of my comfort movies for it's some reason. So good. Just throw it on. It at is any a moment. comfort movie. Yeah so good like you just know it's gonna be so good i mean jesse eisenberg i love jesse eisenberg i love it so much i love the way the spider-man gets all upset <laughs> um, i'm on un i'm unsold because he was really nasty to that journalist on like i've just read so many things about him being nasty to people yeah that i don't know but makes a great mark zuckerberg makes a great movie makes a great time for i don't know makes makes a great storyline <laughs> i he's guess he's stuck in the method acting he Took a page out of Austin Butler's book. Probably. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, um, that was. Uh, those are good tangents. I actually really enjoyed yeah. all these like random talks. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure if you are listening, uh, have your own little M Night Shyamalan marathon. Minus Avatar. You watch whatever you want. Not out Avatar. There. Uh, not Avatar. Never Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> not even once. And while when you're when you're done, uh, the soundtrack to the rest of your day should be Best X, and uh, make sure to listen to 
the new record and make sure to check out the shows if you're on the east coast because you got a car you can drive i don't know why things are deleting why the fuck <laughs> it hate us okay <sighs> it just stopped recording all of a sudden awesome awesome great cool excellent <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we don't know i don't know so many moving parts <laughs> thank you uh, uh th- thank you for being on thank you for hanging out with us thank you thank for you guys with so us. much i forgot to say the name of my album is called with a smile um <laughs> That's, that's what it is. That's the one. Go get yes. it. Go check it out. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Remember to rate us five stars on your favorite podcasting app, which for I think the majority of you is Apple. It's music. Apple Music, I think. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. not many of you Spotify bitches are out there. You know. I always I am I am much more in the Spotify realm now. I've moved away mm. from a lot of the Apple stuff. I was on Apple for a bit, but I remember. Yeah, and it, it's fine. But I like uh, I like just using Spotify for everything now. Just one stop shop, you know. It's just like easy. It's streamlined. You can get so many other like recommendations too for podcasts and music. Yeah, and it's just easier. Yeah, I mean, y'all do whatever you want to do out there. Just rate us five stars wherever that is, and. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you want to see our, our video version of this, make sure you're dropping a like and a subscribe over on YouTube. And uh, we don't we don't really do the podcast live anymore because it's way way easier not to do it live from a tech end. Yeah, tech, uh, tech end. It, it was dropping it and it yeah. was bad. Yeah, but uh, we do still stream uh, Thursday nights uh, over on our Twitch channel. You can follow us there at emosocialclub.tv if you want to check out when we go live. And, uh, yeah, we just want to hang out and be fun and be cool. Yeah. Also, shout out to my friend CZ World. Uh, he does horror content. And he actually recently just dropped an emo social club cameo in his late- latest video for Megan. Hell, yeah. Cheers to cheers. Thank you. Be a part of our community and, and <laughs> let us know what you think about this episode anywhere you can. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Uh, until then, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. Goodbye. <laughs> How I want to push you around. <laughs> well, I will. You're going to be like, oh, can't believe you're coughing. <clears throat> That's you, like, all the whole time. <laughs> you are the most glass house motherfucker <laughs> of all time. God damn it. <laughs>